Who got healed this morning? Somebody tell me. You got healed? What happened? Eric, did you get healed? Amen. I believe I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else have something that, that you know, maybe your hip was hurting and now it's not hurting? Your back was hurting and now it's not hurting? Amen. Somebody? Somebody right here? Feel better? Get some healing today? Amen. He got saved last week, right? Yesterday. Well, that's, that's last week. Today's the first day of the next week. That's last week. I never, when I was a kid growing up, I thought Monday was the first day of the week. Nobody told me. They just thought Monday was the first day of the week. How many of you, when you were kids, thought Monday was the first day of the week? Yeah, still do. <laughs> Amen. <sighs> wow. I've never known you when you weren't. Even when the Cowboys lose. You know? Thank you. So rejoice. Rejoice always. Even when the Cowboys lose. And I was talking to CJ. Now, he's one of the biggest Cowboy fans of all. You know, I said, man, what do you think? Oh, they didn't win the game in preseason. They looked pretty bad, just to be honest with you. And he said, well, uh, he said, Harold, he said, Pastor, I think they're going to go 6-10. I said, from you, you're saying 6-10? and 10? Wow, that's a reality check. Because yeah, I'm sure most of you think they're going to make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. That would that would, a miracles can. Happen. Yeah, prophesy, speak it. You know, I just don't know. Some people think God's really interested in football. I just think He's interested in the people that play, and He cares about them. And uh, I love when. Uh, they use that platform, the Christians use their platform as, as football players or whatever celebrity status they might have to glorify God. Because they really got to figure it out, you know. Because they, they know that football is temporary. You know, everything we do is temporary. I'm going to move the pulpit. Last week, I forgot I had water way over here. Been uh, studying, and I know we've gone way long on the treasure series, and but really, who cares? I had some people say, are we still in the treasure series? I said, yeah. But I could preach about a million different messages using treasure as my, as our series, and after the Glory to Glory conference, we, God showed me that we're going to go in. Uh, the, the series is going to be called Seasons. And I don't know how Colin and Kim are going to decorate the stage. But it's going to be about seasons. And you can just preach pretty much anything you want to out of seasons. That's why I picked one word series. <laughs> how many of you are in a season of your life? Okay. So we're going to talk about seasons in a couple of weeks, three weeks. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn back to Hebrews chapter 11. Turn your cell phones off. Or the sound off, because I know a lot of you use your cell phone for your Bible. Or you pretend to, anyway. Take notes. I, I, t I use mine to take notes. I'm so fast at taking notes with that thumb. 
He, yeah. I can only use one thumb. I'm not a two-thumb texter. My wife is. She uses all digits. You like that? So she, you want me to answer that for you? Yes, honey, that would be great. It would take me three days, you know. So we're in Hebrews chapter 11. Because faith is such a incredible subject in the Bible. It's mentioned hundreds of times. Uh, being Actually, the word faith is not in the Old Testament is, is what I've studied. It's the word faithful is in there a lot, but not actual the word faith. But in the New Testament, it's in there all the time. And, and especially in chapter 11 of Hebrews, I think, it's, I think I read it or counted them up. There's 20, 30 times that it's in just this one chapter. It comes from the word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, it was, is a Greek word. And it just really means basically to have a conviction or belief, trust in something. So when you have faith in something, uh, you, you really have a conviction that it's true. And, and you can't be swayed when you have a, a real sincere conviction and belief of something. So if you believe the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl and somebody talks dirty about them, you're going to, you know, you're going to get up in their face and, no, my Cowboys are going to, you know, gonna, you got a conviction in faith. See, we put our conviction in faith in things that just don't matter. Now, I, I'm a Cowboys fan. They just don't matter. It doesn't matter, you know. Those guys are going where the money is anyway. Eh? <laughs> There's no loyalty in sports. I was brought up with Mickey Mantle. And I remember reading about Babe Ruth. Y'all know Babe Ruth was a pitcher before he was a great hitter? He was a great pitcher. And and, and the New York Yankees wanted him so bad, they they, they, they sold everything they had to get him. It was like $200,000 back then to get Babe Ruth. So he just, hey, I'm leaving the Boston Braves. I'm going to the New York Yankees. It's about the money. So there's not much loyalty in sports much. So we, we, what I'm laying some foundation here because we need to know what we really need to know to go after as believers. We need to understand that a lot of things that we go after are just temporary. And you're going to see in Scripture today that there are people that went after the unseen. That's what faith is. You're going after something you cannot see. That's what faith is. When you believe in something so much, but you can't see it, but you know because God has given you this measure of faith to believe something that is so weird and wacky. It is. You mean there's a... There's a grand designer in heaven and he sent his only son. Who's the mother? He sent his only son and he was born in a stable and he died on a cross. And if we look to him after the resurrection, we are saved and we go, well, that's just crazy. It is if you don't have God's faith that he's put within you to believe that. That's when we have 30,000 different kind of denominations and so many thousands of, of religions in the world because so many people have gotten, they put their faith in something and they couldn't see it either. But listen, God has told us, He's given us this faith to believe that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, that there is no one like Him. And you're sitting there, you've come this morning, most of you have come this morning because there was a measure of faith deposited in your spirit for you to believe that very thing. And it changes the way you live. It changes the places you go. It changes your language. It changes the, maybe a job that you might take or not take. It changes the direction of your life when you're going one way and God says, now I'm coming to your life. And you go, oh, I see everything differently because now I have eyes of faith. 
You see, we see things differently than the world sees them, or we should. But here's the deal. The world comes in, the enemy comes in, your friends come in, people come in and try to get you off track to start believing the way you used to believe and not how you're believing now and how you're going to believe in the future as Christ has come in and made a resident in your life. So we're going to talk about heroes. This, Mary Lou said, how, how come you're up so late? And I said, well, the Lord changed the sermon. The Lord changed the sermon, and, and I, I, I go. I have a kind of a ritual thing that I do. I prepare the sermon, and I prepare it throughout the week, and then I, and I hone in it on Thursday, and then Friday I ask nobody to show up. Don't Diane is told if the the blinds are closed on my door, do not bother the pastor, except for my wife, and she can knock on the door, and she'll have to hurry in sometimes. But there's then I go through that and I hone in on it and then Saturday I get it out again and then I go back through it again and God just said this no uh that's not what I've been wanting you to say oh I don't know where you got that from I said I don't know where I got it from God I thought it was a good message <laughs> your word's good I thought man I, this is what you're showing me but He said I've got something else I want to show the people because of where I'm taking the people because He's going to show us some heroes of the faith how many of you have heroes in your life. People of faith in your life. So if I passed the microphone around, I would ask you, who is a hero of, of faith for you? And it might have been your dad. could have been your mom. My hero of, for my faith was my mother. And, and, and I, I would say that my, it was also my, my oldest sister and my brother-in-law, Paul, Paul and Lana Sanders. I, just, I would see their faith. I could see their faith. How many of you got you know people that you just see their faith? They just step out and they do things that are beyond their own uh, abilities, beyond their own natural uh, uh, giftings, and they step out and do things that are of, of faith. So how many of you, you know, you, and see, these are your heroes. Superman ain't your hero. You know, and, and that person that you've been trying to emulate since you were little, they aren't your hero. The, faith, the people of faith should be your heroes. And you now, here, here's the thing. If they've imparted this faith to you, then you have become somebody's hero in the faith. See, a lot of you, oh, boy, that just went right over my head. I don't feel like I've got enough faith to not move a mountain. I can't even move a molehill. It's going to change, though, because God has called us all to be heroes of the faith. Not just me, not just Felix, not just my wife. He's called all of us to be heroes of the faith. Now, you're going to get that this morning. I, I believe with all my heart, but a lot of prayers going up. You think you just sauntered in here and, oh, this is the good day to come to church? Mm -mm. God's going to show you something today. I pray, and I believe with all my heart. He's going to raise up heroes in this room of the faith. He's still telling his story in the people who live, the, who live their lives by what? By faith. You may think this morning, I hope so-and-so gets this message because I want to see faith rise up in them. But this message is for every one of us here, including me. If there's anything that can be said at my funeral that I would want to be said at my funeral is that I left the legacy of faith. 
There's nothing greater that can be said at someone's funeral than a legacy of faith. Not just an empty faith, but a faith in God. A faith in Jesus Christ. A faith in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I pray this morning that that's the legacy you're going to want to leave to your children and to your grandchildren. You can leave them a lot of money in the bank. That's okay. That's cool, I guess. But if you don't leave them faith, all you've left them is money in the bank. You might leave them a car or a house or talents or something that you pour. You might have sent them to college. But if you don't leave them a legacy of faith, then you have failed. That's how serious this is. Because a lot of you think, well, I'm, I have not, I'm not leaving a legacy of faith to my children yet. But today you can start honing in on that very thing. Just, am I faithful? But see, you can't give somebody, you can't leave a legacy to somebody of, of, of something that you are not exercising or that you don't have. So let faith arise. Let faith rise up in us so we can leave a legacy of faith. Did our children go, you know, my parents were faithful. My church, my parents were faithful. My brother was faithful. My sister was faithful. My uncle was faithful. My godparents were faithful. And, and that they can look around and see faith in you. Did you know Paul, he looked at a lady in the, in the Bible and he said, I can see faith. It's visible, even though it's unseen. Man, I even got started on the message yet. Here we go. Hebrews eleven thirteen. These all, all right, remember, we just talked about it. If you go back and read Hebrews 11, I hope you did last week, but we're going to do it again. He, he talked about the faith of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and Sarah. And then he also, last week, we covered the scriptures where he talked about the faith of Moses. Now look at Hebrews eleven thirteen. These all died in faith. Say, in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. In other words, they couldn't see the promises. They couldn't see the Messiah. They couldn't see the, the billions of people that God was going to bring after them. They couldn't see all these promises. But by faith, they believed that they were going to come. You see, that's what faith is. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not, not seen. So we've got to start putting on our spiritual eyes to see beyond the here and the now, to see beyond your checkbook, to see beyond your GED or your diploma or whatever you have or that you don't have. You've got to start looking beyond what you think or what you have in your hand to see what God has in His hand. Until we truly realize that there's a spiritual kingdom that's much more important than this physical kingdom, we're going to have a hard time embracing God's promises. Those heroes of faith had to see beyond the here and the now. And you go back and you study these heroes of the faith, they were so not perfect. Lest you think, well, I'm no Abraham, I'm no Noah. Listen, go back and read their lives. They were so far from perfect, and God said, I can use them. Listen to me. I want, you to, I want you to listen. We will never impact this world for Christ until we embrace the fact that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We will never embrace the fact that 
We will never impact this world for Christ if we can't embrace the fact that we're, we're not in this world, but we're of, we're not, we're of this world, but we're not in this world. Did I get that backwards? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. The best way I can describe that is a ship. A ship in the ocean. It's all, it's cool if the ship is in the ocean. It's not cool if the ocean is in the ship. It's awesome. It's awesome that we're in, we live in this world. God's put us in this world for a purpose, but we're not of this world. We are not of this world. Say, I'm not of this world. And we do that how? By faith. By faith. But you look around at Christians today, you look, at, you look around at churches, you look at, just look at the lifestyle of Christians. It's hard to differentiate a Christian from somebody that's not a Christian. Dress the same, look the same, go to the same places, buy the same things, do the same, go after the same things. And, and just, we don't, it's such a mingling now of the world that it's coming to the church that it's hard to, to tell the church from the world. My brothers, this should not be so. We should look different. We should act different. CJ came to me. He was, well, was in a staff meeting this week. CJ loves sports. And he's very active in, you know, growing up. He got scholarships and all that. But he said, Pastor, do I have your permission to do something? I said, well, tell me what it is before I give you my permission. And he said, I want to approach the school board. I said, what about? He said, I want to approach the school board about getting schools to stop practicing sports on Wednesdays. How many of y'all participated with that, though? Amen, but, oh, no, they want my kid there. Well, I'm not going to keep my kid out of that because that's the night. Now, that's how we're going to, listen, we allow this stuff. We said, yeah, okay. You know, normally we have youth on Wednesday night, but if you want if you want our kids to practice another night, like they need another night, let's give them another night. Woo, it's getting quiet in here. Isn't it getting quiet? I'm not even going to talk about Sundays. <laughs> or maybe I should. But see, we've gone after, we've let the world dictate to us what we're supposed to do. I'm just being honest with you. Just saying. <laughs> what if? Just what if? School year starts, 20 parents, they got 20 kids. The 20 kids that are talented go to the coach and say, uh, Coach, I know you call practice for Wednesday night, but we're not going to be here. What? What? Can you imagine that, Coach? Some of the words that might come out of his mouth. No, Coach, uh, our kids need to be in youth meeting. Youth meeting? What's that? Well, can't they move it? Well, they've been moving it for years, get around all this stuff. But we decided that we y'all need to move for us. Just saying. It could happen if enough parents that were Christians said no longer are we going to let the world dictate to us how we do things. Boy, I had just been meddling. Huh? Verse 14, for, though, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. I want you to see in the first, in verse 13, they embraced and they confessed. And I want you to see in verse 14, they said things, and they declared things, and they sought things. 
And they said, we're going to seek a homeland. The Bible says to us as believers today, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. What? They're going to be added to you. But it doesn't do, it doesn't work in reverse. See, we try to do that in reverse. I'm going to get my stuff. I'm going to get my act together. I'm going to get my life together. Then I'm going to seek Jesus. I'm going to seek the kingdom. He said, no, seek me first. I'll take care of the rest of that junk that you think so important. I'm serious. <laughs> I sound like Nacho Libre. I'm serious. Yeah. All the orphans. <laughs> I was trying to get a Nacho Libre ringtone on my phone. I've not been successful at doing that. So, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Just like the patriarchs had to say, declare and seek. We do too. We're never going to live out our story of faith, guys, if we're not willing to go after Him with everything we got. He's calling us to seek Him with our whole heart, mind, soul, strength. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your enemy. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemy too. That if we're going to be everything God's called us to be, we've got to start seeking Him first. And then see what He'll do about the rest. Verse 15, And truly, if, say if, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. And I read that and I was like, uh, leave it up there, uh, Lisa. Truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come, they would have opportunity to return. I was like, what does that mean, Lord? So I read some other translations and some commentaries, and basically, I mean, it made sense. After I read those, it made sense. If if they had called to mind how good it was back there, first opportunity, they're going back. Does that make sense? You see, when we give our life to Christ, when we when we dive in, when we give Him everything, and we say, "I'll make You Lord of my life." In the, you, you begin to walk in the supernatural. You begin to walk in the things of God. You begin, to, you begin to walk out this thing called faith. The enemy is going to be so hard and heavy upon you to turn back and to go back to the country you came from. Anybody? Can I get a witness? You know what we do? Oh, man, I can't believe I left that life. It was so good. And you turn. It's like the good old days. We use that term a lot. I don't even know when the good old days were. Anybody know when the good old days were? We think, oh, I just wish things were like they used to be. Let's just go back to the good old days. Really? I can just see some of you guys. I can just see. This is my missus. This is where I work, Roy. I can just see some of the guys in here in the recliner on the, the television zone and the one of the three channels that you could get. And you wanted to change the channel. What what I do? Well, you have to get up. Huh? I'm comfy. And then you got to get up. You got to go to the t- the TV's way over there. This guy's like twenty, thirty steps. And you got to what? You got to click, 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 psh, click, psh, click. Oh, there it is. Oh, the good old days. I love the good old days. Man, y'all would just croak. <laughs> I would. Uh, you don't we panic when we can't find the remote? How do I turn the TV on, baby? I don't know. Feel around the side of it. There might be a knob there. There might be a power button somewhere. We can get it going. Oh, 
We do. Let's go back to the good old days. The enemy wants you to go back what he's going to tell you with the good old days. Hey, you know what? I want to go back and do some more math. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, I remember when I was living in sin, and that was so, I want to go back to, no. I was doing this, I was doing that, you fill in the blanks. The good old days were not the good old days unless God was there. Unless God was in control of your life. Those were the good old days, the God days. But without God, listen, all your good old days are dead days because before Christ, you were dead in your sins, dead in your trespasses, dead in your transgressions. You had no hope apart from Jesus Christ. So he said, listen, if they had, if they had a mind to go back to that country, if they could remember how great it was, man, they would have gone back, but they knew it wasn't good. They were going forward in their faith. Say, say today, I'm going forward in my faith. I've heard Christians grumble and complain about their circumstances. Man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Listen, all you got is now. Wake up. Smell the roses that God has for you today. Instead of looking back and going to all the times you failed, look back and see all the time that God was faithful. Track it. You ever done that before? You know, you're in this journey of faith, and maybe every day you're not going, oh, God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do today? And you, but you wake up one day and you go, how did I get here? And then you go recount it. God's faithfulness here to answer a prayer. God's faithfulness here to direct you this direction. God's faithfulness here to bring healing. God's faithfulness here. And all of a sudden, God's, you know, when we start recounting his faithfulness, that's when we'll start walking in more faith. Because we're going to go, hey, he didn't let me down. Hey, he didn't let go of me. Hey, that, that, didn't, that didn't feel good, but God's with me. It didn't feel good, but God's got my back. Right? Verse 16, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed, say not ashamed, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You see, you think this is like, he's just talking about Old Testament people. No, he's prepared a city for us. And they said it's low taxes. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are what? Many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And if I, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come and I'm going to get you to where I am. You, there you may be also. God is preparing a place for every believer. Every believer is going to get their own mansion. Don't need any realtors in heaven to figure out. I'm looking at the listing. I like that one on Golden Street. <laughs> They're all going to be good. You know, I've heard people say, well, if I just get a shack on the outskirts of... You know what? I'm not going to sell for a shack when he's promised a mansion. Seriously. He said... Listen, they were looking for a heavenly country because they were looking for something that God had for them. He's not ashamed of them. Romans 10, 11 says, whoever believes on him, that's faith, say faith. Whoever believes on him, that's Jesus Christ, will not be put to shame. You should take some joy in that this morning. 
even as screwed up as we get sometimes, if we've believed on Him, if we put our faith and trust in Him, He says, I will never put you to shame. Who puts us to shame? The enemy puts us to shame. We put ourselves to shame. Other people shame us. Don't ever tell your kids shame on you. Don't do that. That's a word curse. I know we probably have all done it. You know, but just don't do that anymore. Okay? Amen? Don't shame them. God's not shaming them. Why should we, why, why should we jump in and help the devil out? Points his fingers all the time at us. He said, he's never going to shame us. I, I, I think that's a pretty good ver- uh, word for me and for you today. He's never going to shame us. Like It's not like God sees you do something and goes, oh, my goodness. I can't believe they did that. What is wrong with them? He didn't do that. Because he already knows how many times we're going to mess up. So the writer of Hebrews, and we're going to skip the part about Moses since we did that last week. We're going to jump down to verse 30. You young people awake, you're using your cell phones for the right reasons. Okay. Adults? Verse 30. By faith. Say by faith. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. That was about Joshua and Caleb. Mostly about Joshua, okay? Had great faith. Asked to do something really ridiculous. Has God ever asked you to do something ridiculous? Okay. Then you're in good company. You're in good company. Say I'm in good company. I'm hanging out with Joshua. (laughs) Okay? So... He says, by faith, he just told him to go around the, the, the city seven times and, you know, and it's crazy. By faith, verse 31, the harlot, I like how the writer of Hebrews says, the harlot. You could have left that word out and you know, describe it. I'm sure when she got to heaven, she was like, okay, who wrote this? You could have left that part out. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who didn't, did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. You see, she had a she had a vision. She had a a, a real uh, uh, a, a faith vision that that scarlet cord represented more than just a a signal. The scarlet cord represented the blood of Christ and the cross of Christ that was going to save her. Okay, by faith she did that. Verse 32, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also of David and Samuel and the prophets. Now, if you want to go back and do some fun studies, go back and look at their lives. Did you know Barak was commissioned by God to go into battle and he wouldn't go into battle unless Deborah went with him, the prophetess? Yeah, yeah, he's a man of faith, but if you come with me, I'll go. I'm just saying. And, and Jephthah, one of the saddest stories I've ever read in the Bible. God said he was a man of faith. He won, went out and won this great victory. But on his way back, he said, but to celebrate this victory, the first person that comes out of my house, I'm going to sacrifice him to the Lord. It was his daughter. But yet he gets mentioned in the hall of faith. He's saying imperfect people that serve a perfect God can do extraordinary things for the cause of Christ. We don't have to be perfect. Now, here's the thing. This is what I want to get to this morning. God is still telling his story through you and me. 
He's still telling his story through you and me. Did you know God's got a book on each one of us? He's got a journal. He's written a book. As a matter of fact, he already knows the end of the book. He's already said, the end. Harold's in heaven. That's the end of my book. I'm in heaven. It's the end of your book, if you're a believer, in heaven. But he's writing the book. He's written the book. It says in Psalm 139, 16, Your eyes saw my substance. This is God speaking to David, being yet unformed. And in your book, God's book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So you're in a book. You're in God's book. He's still writing the story. Say so he's still writing the story. Aren't you glad he's not, he didn't come to the end yet for you and me? Because if he did, some of us would go, man, my book is not very good. It's like a sad, sad story. And God wants it to be a happy story because we're blessed. So if he's writing a book of your life, here's how you, here's, I know this is boggles our minds because we can't think this way. I mean, God's on a different level. <laughs> Thank God. He's writing the book. It's being written right now, but it's already been written. I'll do like Betty. <laughs> He's writing a book of our life, but it's already been written. And as the book has been written, we're still writing the book by our choices that we make and the things that we do every day. Doesn't make sense, but it's true. So if he's writing the book and we have a lot to say about what's in the book, we need to maybe to change some of the ways of what we're doing, what we're saying, what we're thinking. What we believe in. So our book will look better. I want to be in the bestseller list in, in heaven. <laughs> Amen? There's probably not one of those in heaven. Just So here, here we go. I want everybody to stand up. You've been sitting a while. We, we believe in declarations here. Speaking things that be not as though they were. Like Gideon was one of the guys he mentioned. Great man of faith hiding in a wine press. Oh, you don't know my family. I can't do nothing for you, God. Oh, mighty man of valor. That's what God was saying to him. He's saying something to him that he didn't believe that he was. So if you're saying some things this morning and you don't believe that you are, then you need to make declarations that this is who God has called you to be. And we're going to look at Scripture. And we're going to go through the Scripture. And then I'm going to ask you, I'm going to read it. Then I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. If you don't want to repeat it, don't repeat it. But this is, by faith, us declaring our story this morning. And I'm using the very scriptures that he just spoke about, Barak and Jephthah and David and all these people. It says, who through faith subdued kingdoms. That's verse 33. By faith, I have been delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of the son of his love. I have subdued a kingdom. The kingdom of darkness. Okay, you're writing your story. You getting it? He worked righteousness. By faith, I am the righteousness of Christ. I am in right standing with God. Because of the blood of Jesus. Next thing he said, they obtained promises. By faith, I walk... In the promises of God, I believe every word he said is true. I grab hold of the promises, and I'm going to live the promises 
today and from this day on by faith. He stopped the mouths of the lions by faith. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now listen to me. Don't repeat this. But the Bible says, you know, we talked about Daniel in the lion's den. Some of you have been in the lion's den because the Bible says the, the enemy, the, the devil, goes to and fro about the earth like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Say may. See, we have to give him permission to devour us. So say today, I do not give permission to the enemy, to that lion, to devour me. I am the righteousness of Christ. It says in verse 34, quench the violence of fire by faith. The fiery darts of the enemy are quenched. You know how they're quenched? By the shield of faith. Amen? Amen. They escaped the edge of the sword by faith. I am protected by the Lord. He is my shield. He is my fortress. He's the lifter of my head. You're writing your story today. Are you getting encouraged? The next thing he said was, Out of weakness were made strong by faith. Even in my weakness. The Word of God says, I am strong. Woo! I'm strong. We're not done yet. They became valiant in battle by faith. I am more. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. See, we're not just winners. We're more than winners. Amen? By faith. We Listen, the next one it says, Have turned to flight the armies of the aliens by faith. I walk in victory. Because God has overcome the world by faith. Amen. Listen, the, the enemy has to flee. Listen, when we submit to God, when we submit to God, remember that part first. Then when we submit to him and then we resist the devil, then what does he do? He has to flee. How do we submit? By faith. The last one. Women receive their dead raised to life again. By faith, I have been redeemed from the grave. And I just want to add this one. I want to add this one because it says women, they got their, remember the Bible stories of, of the widows that got their kids back from the grave? They were from the dead. Some of you have prodigals. Some of you have children that are lost. Some of you have children that are, uh, have gone astray. They're not, they're not lost in the sense of their salvation, but they've walked away from God. And we're going to declare by faith, they're coming home in Jesus' name. Because God, you raise the dead in Jesus' name. Let's give God a thank offering this morning. Thank you, Lord. I needed that. You may be seated. About a third of the way through. You're writing your story. How's your book looking? I think your book just turned a good page today. See, my book just turned a good page. Went from a horror story to a chick flick. <laughs> good story. A victorious story. Went from defeat to victory. 
See, some of us, our book is just full of defeat. God's going, oh, man. Whoo. He's writing your story. And then today, you go, wow. I can check. Whoo. God's turning the page. He's writing a story because you're writing your story. See, all these people live their story. But they're no more important than we are. He didn't love Noah more than he loves Glinda. Think about it. He loves us as much as he loved Barack, Barack and Daniel and David and Noah and all these. He loves us as much as them. Doesn't love us more, doesn't love us less. So he wants our story. You know, when you get to heaven, there might be a thicker book. Oh, can I read my part? Only the good parts. The rest of 35, we're almost through, really. Others were tortured. It gets kind of sobering after all that. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance or freedom, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Wow. If they would have just said the word, they could have gotten free. And you know, when I read that, I think of all the, all the people in the world that are in caves or they're hiding out in underground churches in the Mideast and in China and other parts of the world. And they, they get accosted, they get, they get arrested, and all they want them to do is just, just uh, renounce God and you'll be okay. And they won't do it by faith. They won't do it. We, th- we think, wow, that was horrible. It's horrible today. It's still going on, church. Not here. But it's going on in the world. People are not willing to trade their freedom for what God has given them. But neither should we. Still others had trials of mockings and scourging, jests of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. That's, that's, that's the ones we should want to meet in heaven. They're sawn in two because they would not renounce God. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. That's the truth. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. But you know what it says? They weren't willing to give all that up because there was a better resurrection. A better resurrection. They chose their faith over their own personal desires, their own personal freedoms. I don't know how many people are here this morning, probably 400. Many of you are going through some things. You're going through some battles. You're going through some difficult times, health-wise, family-wise, financial-wise. I mean, I'm not oblivious to that. Certainly God is not. You might want to even pray this morning, Lord, get me out of this situation. And you know what he might just say to you? I've got you right where I want you. I've got you where you can listen to me. I've got you 
where you got to trust me. God loves us so much. He will discipline us. And he'll, he'll put us in places where, where we got to listen to him. We've got to. So quit praying, Lord, get me out of this situation. When God says, I'm right here with you, let me show you what I want to show you in this situation. That's when we need to pray, just like the song we sang this morning. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Let faith arise in me, Lord. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. There's not one of you in here that has perfect belief. And there are times when, when the enemy comes or when circumstances come and you, you just, man, you just got to cry out, God, I believe, but there's a part of me that's not believing you're going to get me through this. But Lord, help my unbelief. Let faith arise in me. Some of you are there this morning. You're right there this morning. You're wanting to run or you want God to do zap something or zap somebody or do something. And he said, I've got you in the palm of my hand. I'm not going to let go of you. Trust me. Trust me this morning. Lord, I know you've got something better for me. I know there's a better resurrection. I know I can't count on this, this temporal world to satisfy what I need, but I can count on you, God. That's what he wants you to see this morning. Verse 6 of Hebrews 11 says, But without faith, it's impossible, impossible to please God, Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. There's a better resurrection. There are better rewards. He's got us covered on that end. He's just asking for faith. You know, it says when, I didn't look up the Scripture. It says, but when He comes back, you know what He's looking for? Faith. He's not looking for anything else. He's just looking for faith. How's your story looking? How's your legacy looking this morning? Verse 39. And all of these, having obtained a good testimony, say good testimony. Through faith. Say it. Through faith. That's how they got through good testimony. They did not receive the promise. Wow. Really, God? He said, I got something better for you. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. You see, all the time they were looking forward in the Old Testament, they were looking for the Messiah. We look back to the Messiah. They looked forward to the Messiah. And the writer of Hebrews saying it's all going to come together someday. We're all going to celebrate together someday. We're not going to be apart. I, I'm, I'm serious. Heaven is just going to be one incredible adventure. You start thinking about just heaven, just the people you want to meet in heaven. Get past your grandma and all those people and, and move to the move to the patriarchs of the faith and, and just begin to think of all the people. I want to. How will you? How did you get through that? And they're going to say, by faith. How did you get through that, Noah? By faith. Why did you build an ark when there was no such thing as water like that? And there was no such thing as rain by, before that. And there was going to be a flood and you'd never seen a flood before. By faith. Every one of them. By faith. And as you write your story today. And people are going to look back on your life. How did they get through that? By faith. By trusting. By believing that God is who he says he is. Man, let faith arise at Freedom Fellowship. In Jesus' name. Oh, we're going to see so many things. God's going to do some 
so many miraculous and marvelous things because we are going to be known as a people, not just of love, but we're going to be known as a people of faith. Amen? Would you all agree with me for that? How else? Could we believe this verse in Romans 8:28 and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose how could we ever believe that all the things the bad things that happen in our life could be for our good if we didn't have faith you couldn't believe it you couldn't believe it we look at that verse and go well that must apply to somebody but it doesn't seem to apply to me it applies to every believer all things, say all things, work together for the good to those who love God. Do you love God? Then everything that's happening in your life, God's going to make a way that it's going to be good for you in the end. Because he sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. I'm going to close with this passage from Revelation 12. I want to have the ministry team get ready to come. We, we, we say this verse a lot, but we, we say part of this verse. We're going to say the whole thing. And I'm going to start back at verse 10. It says, Then I heard a loud voice and saying in heaven, How salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser. Who's the accuser? Satan, the devil. The accuser of our brethren, that's Christians, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And usually we stop right there. And they did not love their lives to the death. What does that mean? I live for you, Lord, and I die for you. Whatever you ask. I'll be faithful. They did not love. In other words, they said, Lord, there's a better resurrection. There's something better for me. I'm just a passenger. I'm just a, I'm not just a pilgrim. I'm just passing through. My citizenship is in heaven. See, if we can get that revelation, we're not going to be afraid of what man says about us. We're not going to be afraid to take leaps of faith. And God says to do it, we'll do it. And then by faith, we'll say, God, I'll leave the results in your hand, and he'll do it. Because he's faithful, and he, his promises are always yes and amen. Would you stand? You know, I think if we were all honest this morning, and I try to be honest as I can be, if we were actually transparent as we should be, in, in, in reality, we probably haven't hardly scratched the surface of the faith that God's called us to live in. If we're being honest, I mean, I'm being honest. I mean, one guy stepped out of the boat, 11 didn't. God tells us to do something or shows us to do something and we argue with him and say, no, I'm going to do that. <laughs> That's just crazy. He says, okay, I'll get somebody else to do it. And we miss these blessings. We miss this walk of faith. But I, I believe that we're, we're just on the, we're on the edge of stepping into something really incredible. I'm actually getting out of the boat.
I think most of us are still, we're in the boat and we're just looking out over the edge and going, well, that just doesn't look like that will hold me up. I've stepped in the water before and I just went right down. And I don't know what the water represents for your life. I don't know what the boat represents. I know the boat represents your life and where you're at now, but I don't know what the out, getting out of the boat represents or what it looks like for you, but God's already told you what it means. You, it's not a mystery to most of you. Some of it may be, but he's asked you to get out of the boat of your comfort level, your comfort zone, your comfort area, and get out of your recliner, so to speak, your spiritual recliner, and he's asking us to do something for him. He wants you to write the story. It's not going to be a short story. It's going to be a, 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 a long, it's going to be a novel. Our lives are novels. And the ending is good. But what are you doing in the story? What's, what does your storyline look like? I believe that God wants our storyline to look a lot like this. F-A-I-T-H. 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 And he was faithful. He was faithful. She was faithful. She was faithful. Would you bow your heads? Did the ministry team go ahead and make your way up? I know we could talk about faith for hours. And I know this is just, this is not everything that has to do with faith, but this is one of the most key elements of faith, I believe, is what we've learned today. That we've got to move beyond what we see. We've got to move beyond what we see in our physical eyes and start asking God to show us in our spiritual eyes where He's taking us. So, Father, this morning, there are people in this place that have never said yes to Jesus Christ. And today would be their first step of faith. I remember an evangelist saying, Well, you take that first step and God will help you with that second step. It's true. You, you step out and say, I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to believe today because God gave me this faith to believe. If that's you this morning, you've never given your life to Christ. You've never stepped out in faith. I'm going to ask you first, step out and come. Come find one of these counselors up the front. Step out and come. Find one of these ministers in the front. Come on. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, step out and come. We want to pray for you. Step out and come. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Step out and come. Take that walk of faith. Walk of faith. That leap of faith to believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. Some of you this morning, you came up for a prayer for a miracle. But you still want you still want to be prayed for this morning. Step, I'm going to ask you to step out and come this morning. If you need prayer for a miracle, step out and come. We want to pray for you. By faith, we're going to we're going to believe. By faith, we're going to believe. Some of you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of you just you you you've given your life to Christ, and you feel like, man, my story is kind of empty. I, I feel like there's got to be more to this Christian life, and that's what happened in my life. It, at the age of 47, I figured out there had to be more for me. There had to be more. And God said, yes, I've got more for you. you just got to seek me with all your heart. You'll find me. So I, I, I trusted God and I stepped in out of the boat, so to speak. 
to believe for more. And he baptized me with his precious, mighty, powerful Holy Spirit. He took me from being one thing to another. That's what he wants to do you this morning. He wants to, he wants to baptize you. You're flooding. You're overfilled. And the joy of the Lord, the power of God will just pour out of you. If that's you, we invite you to come. We want to pray for you. Now, this next thing I want to do, I want my wife to come up here. That's you. That's what I heard. She didn't know I'm going to do this. Tell them about when you felt like you had an impartation of faith. What happened? Well, I, I just immediately started praying for people. I, I couldn't wait to find someone that was sick. I, I believed. I asked for all the gifts. I said, well, when I found out there was gifts, it was the most amazing thing. And I couldn't believe that God had those gifts for me. And I said, Lord, I want everything you have for me. And I can I have all the gifts. Uh, I, it, was, it was greedy kind of because I, was, I felt like, a, like, I don't want one gift. I want all the gifts. And I believe that God can, um, we can have any of the gifts we need whenever we need them. That he's going to provide it if we make ourselves available. But I know that I got an impartation of faith. I felt like I felt like I got a gift of faith because if God could take you and I and put us here, that's faith, honey. So it was an impartation of faith that he was the God of impossible and he could use imperfect people that were willing just to step out and it's the power of the Holy Spirit that will change your life I'm telling you if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit you need to get down here now I know this room is full of people who don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit you need the power of the Holy Spirit so this is what I want you to do honey I want you to go down here yeah I'm going to help you down fell this week, so be careful that she didn't fall walking. How many of you like to have a, a, an impartation of faith? How many of you like to step out into another faith level? Okay, I want to ask you if that's you to step out and come down to the front. I know my wife's going to pray over you. If you want an impartation of faith, you can't, you cannot, you can't give what you don't have. She got it. I'm telling you. Maybe you've already think you have it, but you want more. With this wanting, it, it's going to involve the seeking. If this seeking is going to involve surrender. And this surrender is going to involve submission. So when you say, I want more faith, listen, you need, you need to know what you're asking for because God wants you to operate in more faith. Amen? Amen. Come on. I love the, what the Lord showed me one time, and I'll, I'll just wait for people to come. He showed me that the Bible says that we are in the palm of His hand. Amen? So when we take leaps of faith, y'all have heard me say this many times because I think it's just profound. When we take a leap of faith, we're just jumping around in His hand. Does He drop us? Does He let us fall off the edge of His hand into oblivion? No. He has us in the palm of His hand. So when you think, oh, I'm going to take this leap of faith, 
just know this. He loves it. He loves to catch us. Some of you kind of got down on the fingertips and he'll just click you back in, you know. Get back here. He, he's not going to let go of us. So I want you to just, this is a receiving position. I want to say something before I pray. This week I woke up in the night and I, I don't know, I was awake about three hours and I was, just as I was dozing off, I heard two words. They don't even make sense. But it was tear element. Tear element. So I started looking up tears and seeing what they meant. And there's actually, when we cry, if you put your tears under a microscope, they look different. The tears, we have tears of joy, tears of sorrow, and like a tear if you peeled an onion. But every, that's the magnificence of our God, that our, there's a DNA in our tears. And because I just started thinking, because even this week, it comes with repentance, guys. Have you gotten to that place of tears is what I want to say. Are you sorry because you have loved ones? Or have you wept for your loved ones that don't know Jesus? Have you wept for the church that doesn't know the power of the church? Have you wept for those that are hungry and thirsty? And I'm, I'm telling you, to that level of faith, God, we need that area of repentance where we weep when we've disappointed God. This week, in the days of all that we're in right now, it is the days of repentance. And I'm calling this church to repentance this week. I repented before God because God, when back in the 80s when people were crying out for the glory of God, I wasn't one of them. I wasn't crying out for the gifts and the move of the Holy Spirit. And even this week, again, I'm like, God, forgive me that I wasn't after you so much, that I was after my own agenda. And I call my grandson up here because, listen, for those that are here, this is a generational thing. This faith is a generational thing. And so your kids aren't with you. Papa, you get on the other side of Preston. But this is for we and our families. I don't even know where Wes and Casey are, but if they're here, come on up. Because I'm telling you, this, is a, this walk of faith is not just for me and Harold. It's for our children and our grandchildren and those we don't even know. So, Father God, we come to you this morning. And, God, I freely release and give anything I have that's good to everyone in front of me. And, God, those who aren't. And, Lord, I impart faith. And, Father, faith to move mountains. And, Father, as we leave this place, Father, we receive by faith that we are people in faith. And, Father, even now you're taking us from glory to glory. And, Father, you're taking us into uncharted waters. But, Father, you're taking us first and foremost on our knees. And, Father, you're taking us to that place in worship. And so, Father, as we leave here today, we thank you that you are for us. You are not against us. And, Father, we are world changers. And I speak that over each and every person here today, that that faith to faith and glory to glory makes us world changers. And, Father, we speak and declare it and impart it to the next generation and to this generation and Lord even to those that are far off and we thank you that you chose us and you love, love, love us and it's your, your powerful name we pray Amen and Amen Come on, let's give a shout of praise to God <laughs> Treasure your story of faith Go with God
Write that story, write that book today. Make that book a beautiful, amazing testimony of the goodness of God. Thank you all for being here. If you need prayer, I know some people are hanging out here that if you need prayer, we'll pray with you, okay? God bless you. Have a very safe, safe, safe and submitted, surrendered Labor Day. And we'll see you Wednesday night.